Welcome back, everybody, to the Washdown Podcast. On tonight's episode, tune in with us as we have Jay Thorne, the president and CEO of the Veterans Outdoors Foundation. We had an absolute blast on this podcast talking with him tonight, learning about his backstory in the military, his desire and his passion for his organization, reaching out, helping other veterans. We had a lot of fun tonight. We know you will, too, listening to it. We'll post all of his information and his links in the bio for this episode. Please, please go check him out, help out his foundation. With that being said, welcome. There they go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay. How's it going? <laughs> Great. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. It's a hell of an honor to be here. Uh, well, just wait. <laughs> uh, no, we really appreciate it. Um, so why don't you uh, give us a little background, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here. So I'm a 16-year Army veteran. Um, a couple of years ago, I went through some really, really, really hard times, dark times, and uh, started a Veterans Outdoors Foundation um, to kind of give guys an avenue to build camaraderie or, or and, um, you know, just get outside and get away from drugs and alcohol and, and give guys a purpose again. Um, and it's been, it's been a blessing for sure. Cool. So you organize hunts. I mean, I kind of saw that on your Facebook page. You had like a squirrel scramble, a coyote hunt, yep. things like that. So uh, we just started, I think our, we actually started in May of last year. Um, but right now we're, we're trying to build funds, obviously. So we've done um, a coyote tournament and a squirrel scramble. We have a 3D archery tournament coming up and then a skeet tournament coming up as well. Um, and those are kind of threefold if you will um we're building um trying to make money basically um getting our name out there and then you know we we try to do a veterans um class you know to to give guys a an opportunity to know who's in that class and and you know that avenue to to build with Take me back to, let's get to know you a little more. Um, where did your desire to serve this country come from? Take us all the way back to the beginning. I don't know. Um, I think when I was little, uh, my grandfather's brother um, flew one of the planes that flew over Hiroshima. And it just intrigued me, you know, of what being there was like and, you know, just being a part of that. Um, other than anyone else in my life, nobody served. So, um, I was just, you know, I graduated in 98 and I was just bored. You know, I just wanted to do something more than just sit around and smoke pot and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So, um, I joined the reserves in 99 and, uh, did the reserves thing for eight years. And then I went active duty for eight years. So, um, I went in as a mechanic uh, first deployment was 2003 to 2004, um, went active duty in 2007, and then 2009, I think it was. I was a door gunner in Blackhawks um, for a year, year and a half, and then, um, yeah, went back to being a mechanic, and here I am. How do you go from mechanic to door gunner so like, i was in a <laughs> it doesn't seem like a no, lateral move no it's not it's not so i was in a um aviation brigade in germany 
and um, when they do like a gear up for deployment, they have you know ten helicopters and ten door, uh, crew chiefs. So it, during wartime, they have to have four people in the aircraft to man it. So there's two pilots and then two crew members, if you will. Um, and so in order to get those, they ask for volunteers, and you have to go through the the rigmarole of you know uh, physicals and mental health and and all that and uh get through all that and then they start training you and it's a very extensive training process and then you get turned loose so that was by far my favorite time in the military was was flying you know those guys are different you know we flew with a a Fulberg colonel which was I think he was a Southwest Airlines pilot but as soon as the rotors turned on he was like look my name's John you know, don't, don't address me as sir. I'm not a Colonel. I'm John. You know, I, I'm relying on you guys to save my ass is just like you guys are relying on me to save your ass. So, um, it's a very, very tight knit brotherhood. And I think that's a lot of kind of where my desire to continue serving, um, came from is because the aviation community, um, they're just so tight knit and, um, it's it's amazing it really is you so you came in in 99 our armed forces has changed almost tenfold since Mm -hmm. then absolutely and and you've been a part of that walk walk me through that because obviously you had a couple years until Mm 9-11 and that completely changed the country's outlook on a lot of things what was that like while serving um it was kind of scary you know the 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 unknown of you know, what the hell are we going to do now? You know, because since between 9-11, before 9-11, um, was Desert Storm. So, you know, I don't know how old you guys are, but I remember watching that on the news, you know, and it was just like, holy cow, this is live, you know. Um, so I think everybody kind of knew what was going to happen, but everybody really didn't know what was going to happen, you know, the extent of it. Um, so... Yeah, 2011 kicked off, and I was in a reserve unit in Gardner, and uh, we got orders on, I think I want to say it was January or February, um, to activate, and we got sent to Fort Riley for six months, I think it was, and it was just, you know, we had no idea what we were doing or where we were going, and then we ended up going to Kuwait to help liberate um, Iraq from Saddam Hussein. Um so that was, you know, I mean, we were, we were just kids then, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And, and, uh, so we, you know, through that process, 2003 to 2004, it was like the wild west. I mean, we were, we were trading parts to keep vehicles running and, and, um, you know, trading parts for soda or, you know, candy bars or whatever, because there wasn't, um, places to get you know, snack food or, you know, comforts from home. Um, so then my, what about my second deployment, which was six years later. So my first deployment, I was in a, uh, transportation company and, uh, I was in a contact truck, which is kind of like a mechanics truck, just following the convoy around and, and we'd pick up stuff at the port and then take it wherever it had to go throughout Iraq. And, um, I mean, you, you see a lot of bad shit, 
but it's different. You know, it, it's just, you know, being young and naive, you just, you don't really take everything in. And then my second deployment, um, as a door gunner, I got to fly over all those places that I was at. And it was like, holy shit, you know, like everything gets put into perspective. Uh, we were on a mission. Uh, I don't remember what month it was or whatever, but, uh, we were on a special forces mission in, uh, you know, it was really, really tense and nobody really knew what was going on, but, um, we went out, we did the mission, you know, they told us to keep our heads on a swivel and it was very dangerous and all that and, and, uh, got done and everything went off without a hitch. And then we get back to the defect to eat, you know, midnight chow and, uh, Fox news is on and on the news is that the American, um, troops took down the the number one IED maker in Iraq and it was like holy shit I was just a part of that you know and it was like man like that just it's like a light bulb then you know because everything you know I'm here for a purpose you know I'm not here for you know like I said in in 03 and 04 um with Saddam you know you see you see for yourself, you know, like the, the shit that those people were living through and, and pardon my French, but it just, Oh my God, you know, um, just the, the difference between the way we live and, and the things that we take for granted, you know? So I, I know that was a long winded no, question, <laughs> um, or a long winded answer to a question, but, um, yeah, the military's changed a lot. One, something that I remember hearing some people say is we were pulling out of Afghanistan a few months back. Um, was it was a, a different generation of soldiers? And, and in fact, some of them weren't even born when you guys were even, we you went into this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, through your organization now, I'm sure you're seeing younger and younger veterans. How is that? Is it relatable? Is it not relatable? Like, it's it's so different from when you were there, but it's still the same shit. It is. Um, so, I mean, we have guys that are, you know, not quite Vietnam vets. Um, and then we have some guys that are still serving um, that are a part are a big part of our organization, um, you know, to give us insight and kind of tell us what's going on. And, and they're kind of our pulse, if you will, to see what guys want, you know, what, what, guy, what I can do to help you know, facilitate that or, you know, even, you know, talk to people or, you know, throw the nonprofit out there and and see, because a lot of people want to help. They just don't know how to help, you know? So that's where I come in is if somebody, you know, Hey, I want to do this. Okay. Well, let me, let me get on Facebook. You know, Facebook's amazing for that, you know? And, uh, you start reaching out to people and you find, you know, in that community, there's a hundred of those people. So one of those hundred people are, more than willing to help, you know, so it's good and it's bad. Um, you know, the, the broad spectrum of, you know, the 19 year old kids that are in the group or, you know, um, the Vietnam era veterans, um, you know, because everybody wants to do something different. But so what we, what we try to do is not just, um, events, but we want to kind of build a, a a relationship with these guys too. So when we go out on a hunting trip or a fishing trip or whatever, it kind of serves several purposes. So if a guy, 
um, you know, grew up hunting with his grandpa, you know, and, and they went turkey hunting, you know, 40 years ago or whatever. And they've never had the opportunity to go turkey hunting since, you know, they, it's something that, that kind of reminds them of their grandpa and their time and, and all that. So what we're trying to do is raise money to get uh, leases and stuff so that these guys can go out and, and hunt and fish and, you know, hell, if it's throwing a football around or whatever, you know, it's just something outdoors. But um, I feel like I'm rambling. No, no, so, um, <laughs> not at all. But it also gives guys an opportunity to to give back also. You know, like we have guys that lead. That's all they want to do. They don't want to be in charge of anything. They don't want to they don't want any responsibility. But when it comes to, you know, taking guys out and teaching them this is what you're looking for. You know, the wind's blowing out of this direction. So you want to make sure that you're up here, you know, the stuff that the guys that have never hunted or, you know, only hunted once or twice, they don't know that kind of stuff, you know, but you go out with a guy like Dusty and Dusty knows it all, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's awesome, you know, because he feels that he's giving back to people and he's kind of helped build that, um, outdoors thing, you know, and it, and it gets, it sparks an interest, you know, man, that was shit. That was fun. I'm going to go deer hunting again, you know, um, or fishing. I mean, same thing, you know, you, you don't know how to tie a knot or how to cast a reel or whatever, but you have somebody that can take you out and say, okay, this is what we're looking for. Um, we've, we've partnered with deception sense. Um, they've been huge and helping us out. They're out of Arkansas. Um, they're coming up this year in may i think it is may um and they're going to do a guided turkey hunt um to take guys out and so their turkey caller is a um world champion turkey caller and he also makes all their calls so they'll spend you know a day with them just telling them hey you know this is what you're looking for this is this is what we want to hear out of the call this is this you know and, and it it helps energize that um that passion if you will yeah so it sounds like it's a immersive experience absolutely so yeah. it's more than just hey we're all going to get together and go hunting it's yeah it's a lot more than that so tell me and the question that i have is how did you decide on doing you know with your with your foundation doing hunting fishing outdoor stuff like because i know that's big with a lot of I mean, a lot of veterans, first responders, a lot of us, you know, we want to get out and be outdoors and hunt and be active and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And typically it seems like whenever people are starting to have problems, that's one of the first things that they just kind of cut out is, you know, they want to stay home and yeah. they kind of isolate mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So, I mean, take me through your, your thought process on, you know. So I grew up, um, in the outdoors, you know, and my family did everything, whether it was fishing or hunting or mushroom hunting or, you know, hunting for arrowheads or just anything outdoors, you know. Um, and I think that's where I came from. You know, I don't hunt and I don't get out and do as much as I would like to. But for me, this this organization isn't about me getting out and hunting. It's about, you know, helping out again or serving again, you know, and that's that's where I find joy in this organization is that, you know, I get to, you know, build relationships and I get to, you know, kind of help guys, um, you know, Hey man, I, I appreciate, 
you know, I needed somebody to talk to. He call anytime, you know, may not answer if I'm sleeping, but, um, it, it just, that's what I know, you know, is the outdoors, whether it's, you know, riding four wheelers or whatever, that's just what I've been accustomed to. And you, you know how it is. I mean, outdoorsmen kind of flock together, you know, or, or they, they seek each other out. So it's, it's easy to talk apples and apples with somebody that, you know, likes the outdoors as well but it's it's different it's apples and oranges when you you know when you're talking jeep stuff and you know because i don't really off-road you know what i mean but <laughs> yeah. it's just you know it, it's apples and apples to an extent but then when you you know you, well that's a grade five hill or that's it's greek to me so i it doesn't really make sense to me but it's you know we're still talking about being outdoors you know it's not we're talking about call of duty or something you know it, it's just yeah. um the camaraderie of the outdoors and then veterans and, and all that kind of stuff. So cool. I had asked you earlier kind of about the change in the military. Take me through the change in <clears throat> response to the mental health of veterans, especially like post deployment and, and even probably during deployment. Cause it's, it just didn't seem like it was a known issue before 2001. Then maybe it's just more of a vocal generation that spoke out, but there we've just, just seen such, huge changes over the last 20 years so there's such a stigma on mental health um and being a soldier so my first deployment um i came back and uh, who knows where or when you know you get diagnosed with ptsd but in the reserve aspect of it there was nothing you know nobody talked about it It was just yeah go do your stuff or go whatever um and then I went active duty in 2007 and, uh, it was everywhere. You know, if you, if you need help, get help. And it was like, holy shit, you know, like maybe I do need to talk to somebody, you know? And, um, I went and talked to a shrink and, and, uh, got on the right path and I thought I was doing pretty good. Um, and then when I went to go fly, like there's, there's such a big policy on, you know, no drugs, no alcohol. Um, you know, there's a huge investigation if anything happens. So I quit taking my medicine and just started this downward spiral and, um, again, reached out for help and I was grounded, you know, and that was, you know, well, we got to put you on this medicine. So, you know, you can't do what you want to do. Well, that kind of sucks, you know, because that's, I'm, I'm trying to get help but now you're punishing me for getting help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was tough. Um, and even, you know, for, as I grew in the ranks, um, you know, you have soldiers that, you know, something's not right, you know, and you know that like, Hey, look, man, I, I need you to just sit down and shut up and, and you need to go get some help, you know? And it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more prevalent now than it was when I got out anyway, I can't speak on now. Um, but when I got out, it was a lot more prevalent, you know, it was okay to go, you know, seek help or, or, you know, kind of talk to people, but that's, that's the kind of leader that I wanted to be was, you know, I'm not going to yell and scream and holler at my guys. If you need to talk, you know, let's go outside and, you know, ranks off and, and let's get you through this, you know? So I, I think that a lot of it comes with your upbringing and, and how you conduct yourself, but. 
back to your original question. Sorry, I keep rambling and, and I keep catching myself like halfway through it. But um, yeah, like when when it when the war first started, or from my perspective in two thousand three, um, there there wasn't anything, there wasn't a such thing as mental health. And then you know I think with as crazy as everything was, and you know it started becoming okay, it, it became easier and easier to to have access you know even on when i was in germany um you know they'd run it, it, you you can get german tv over there or they run free tv which is they call it afn armed forces network and they would run commercials on you know hey if you if you're are you irritable are you this are you that well you might have this or you might have that go talk to somebody and that helped a lot you know just oh that's kind of cool i never knew about that did you yeah what, the Armed Forces yeah. Network? Like the commercials and stuff like that. I just never, Oh, no. I didn't know about the commercials. I knew about the network. but Yeah, you know. so it's it's a, uh, like there's a military job for journalism and, and all that kind of stuff. So they, they do the commercials and um, it's just, you know, what to look for while you're in Germany. You know, they were uh, region specific, you know. So it was kind of cool to, to, to see that and, uh, you know, sitting on your couch watching a football game and they come on like wait a minute maybe maybe that's what's going on maybe that's why i'm irritable maybe that's why um you know i'm sleeping all the time or not sleeping at all or you know drinking more or whatever so um that helped a lot from for me knowing um and then when i got back stateside i mean that you know how it is um but there's i i still feel like there's a stigma of mental health and being a man and just you know suck it up and drive on and deal with it later or whatever you know so um, that's kind of one one of the things that we're trying to combat as an organization well and it's hard too because we've had the conversation here it's is the phrase jeremy loves to use that i hate so much suck it up buttercup <laughs> um it, it's it's hard because like our jobs in the midst of doing our job whether it's a house fire, whether it's arresting a violent suspect, whether it's in the middle of a shootout, there's just no room for feelings. Yeah. There isn't. There can't be. Not to be successful at the task at hand. But at the same time, we also have to be aware of our feelings. Right. And it's just, it's such a Jekyll and Hyde that you just can't, and I don't know that we've ever found a good balance for it. We're trying, we're making improvements, and especially in the field of first responders, it's a lot of it's because of the military. We, I don't, I don't want to say hand-me-downs, but, like, we are – whatever usually happens with you, it takes a while to get out to our world. But we're at least making progress. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the bottom line is most people that go into these type of professions have a typical or, typical or certain mentality or personality type, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can all kind of agree on that. And it's about job first – and then I'll deal with everything else later. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's where the leadership aspect of it comes in of knowing, you know, knowing your people. Yeah. Absolutely. Having a relationship with them and saying, okay, you need to take a knee. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something going on because most of us are not going to say that for ourselves. Right. We're going to wait until the wheels completely fall off. The car's completely in flames. And then we'll be like, mm, no, so, it's still good. Something's not yeah. right. But, you know, <laughs> you know? so, but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, and it, 
So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think there is still a stigma. I think it's getting better. I think we're probably 20 years behind where we probably yeah. need to be. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, that's whenever like, we talk about leadership all the time. And I think that's one of the big things that we really kind of need to harp on and focus on is for leaders out there, get to know your people. Yeah. And don't be afraid. Now, and I understand it could be, that's a fine line yeah, to cross. Absolutely. Depend, depending on what organization you're working with, you have different rules and all that stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about somebody's well-being. Yeah. Their, not only their mental health, but potentially their life. Yeah. So, I'm willing to kind of bend and break a few rules to make sure that person is okay and gets the help they need. Instead of just going, well, you know, our policy says. Right. There's a fine line between fraternization and, and trying to be an effective leader. And, exactly. And I struggle with that, you know, being in the military. It was like, you know, I I could give two shits about whether you think I'm fraternizing right now. It's it's about if I think this guy needs help or girl needs help, <clears throat> then we're going to get him help and then we'll deal with, you know, the consequences later. But the fact um, that you're struggling with that balance, I, to me, is a good thing. It yeah. means you're not one way or the other. It means you can't. It's not like you can. Your mindset can't be changed. Like right. you, you are actively trying to grow and be the best leader you can. So of course, there's going to be a struggle with it. Right. Yeah. I'm curious. We've talked a lot on the show. One like one of the best things in you know fire, EMS, law enforcement that we emphasize is good for mental health is being able to turn it off when we go home. Right. Firefighter, cop is our profession. It's not our identity. Right, we are still a husband or a father, or mother or wife, whatever it may be. When we go home, you don't get to go home on a tour. Yeah, you are a soldier twenty four seven for a year yeah. or however long your tour may be. Where do you find that balance of trying to disengage but still also be an effective soldier? So, on my three, I, I did three deployments. Um, all in the Iraqi theater and you just, you have to find something, whether it's a hobby, you know, for me, I had to find a hobby to be able to disconnect, um, whether it was a video game or TV or, um, I learned to barter, you know, my, my <laughs> deployment. So I, I would buy stuff for a little cheap, you know, and clean it up and then sell it and, you know, buy other stuff. And, um, it, it it's just something that I enjoy doing, but that was my avenue to be able to disconnect. Um, and, and I think that's imperative even today of, you know, when when things get heavy and you just, you just want a break, you have to find something, you know, a hobby, whether it's fishing, hunting, off-roading, you know, you, you have to have that thing that kind of gets you away from thinking about everything, you know, um, for me anyways, I can't speak on everybody, but, um, that's, that's what I need to do is, you know, whether it's, you know, take the kids and watch them enjoy something or, you know, when I need to do something, it's usually, you know, on the phone trying to get something planned out or, or something like that, because that's what I enjoy doing, you know, um, during deployment, it's hard, but, you know, you see a lot of people, um, you know, when you, when you gear up to, to go and you just, you, you kind of know that you're going to have problems with people, you know, um, then you try to help them and they just, 
they just want to stay in that same rut. Um, so it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough, but you know, the military does a, a, a good job of having, you know, decent workout facilities where I was stationed at anyways. I mean, I wasn't on very secluded, um, bases, you know, because of my job, I was, you know, as a, um, door gunner, we were on airfields, you know, so that's kind of the creme de la creme, if you will, yeah. but, um, with the chair force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you know, we, we traveled to a lot of very remote places, um, and you can kind of see like, holy shit, you know, these guys are away, away from everything, but, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. We, you know, when we, when we flew, um, it was kind of fun because when we would extract somebody from, you know, they'd been there for six months or whatever, um, we kind of give their leadership a heads up and, Hey, we're going to, we're going to fly a fun flight. You know, we're going to, um, you know, dive off this mountain and fly a map of the earth and, and, uh, you know, just, just have fun, you know, and, and that helped, you know, but, you know, seeing everybody get all excited and happy and knowing that they were going home. So, um, again, I'm rambling and I'm no. sorry, but, <laughs> don't um, be sorry, man. <laughs> There's in case you didn't notice there's no time limit, so okay. you can go as long as you want and talk about whatever you want. And the more so, you talk, the less Jeremy talks. So <laughs> exactly. <finally>. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you just—I I think you have to find that balance of, you know, whether it's, you know, some guys look to drinking and alcohol and or drinking and drugs and stuff like that, but, um, you know, that's not healthy. I don't think. Um, you know, I was. I drank a lot when I went through all my trials and tribulations and uh, it didn't help. You know, it just kind of masked that, what I had going on. So talk to, talk to us about those. So two years, three years ago, um, I was in a, a rough relationship Um I wasn't happy. I don't think she was happy. I don't really care. Um, but I wasn't happy, you know, as a husband, as a father, as a man, I just, something wasn't right. Um, so to kind of get through my day or get through to the next day, I would drink very heavily. Um, I was drinking a handle of crown every two days. Um, and I thought it helped, but it didn't, it was just, you know, pushing that whatever was going on deeper and deeper inside and I kind of stepped away from the situation um because I like again I didn't know what was going on I just knew something wasn't right and uh was going to go live with my my cousin for a little bit until you know I figured out what was going on and um it just it, it just kept getting worse and worse and darker and darker and on the way to my cousin's house, I pulled into a, um, a parking lot and just sat there and, you know, listened to the radio and, and, uh, I said, screw it. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of, um, fighting. You know, I, I just, I give up and I tried killing myself and I just, I tried and tried and tried, you know, and, and, uh, posted some stuff on Facebook and, um, you know, I just, I was done, you know, I mean, nobody really could find me where I was at or knew what I was doing, you know, where I was at. And, uh, 
had a police officer come up and knock on the window and you know i was very distraught and he was like hey hey bud i need, I need you to come with me you know i mean i i don't think that he was trained in that situation you know but um i didn't have a gun i didn't have any pills or anything but i tried cutting my wrist and um again because i just i gave up you know i i just i didn't care anymore and um you know every time i'd go to cut i'd start thinking about my kids and it's like okay you know I, I can't do that for my kids and then you know the dark clouds start coming over and depression sucks you know it just it's a cancer you know it just it feeds on any little anything that it can get and it, it'll eat you up you know and and um so the cop came and got me and he was like hey you know um, I can't hold you because you haven't done anything wrong, but something's not right. So, yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm having troubles at home and, and, and everything. And, and, um, from what I posted on Facebook, I had two friends of mine, um, from my first deployment, 0304, 16, 17 years later, reach out like, Hey, what the hell's going on? You know, you don't ever post shit like this. What, you know, what's going on? And, um, uh, got back in the truck and, and, uh, called them you know because the cop told me he's like i can't keep you but you know do i need to follow you home to make sure you're going to get there or whatever and i said no I'll, I'll be all right for right now and and i talked to them on the way home and when i got there um they were both waiting and you know they gave me a big hug and they said what the hell is going on and um we stood out and talked for a little bit and uh one of them's cousin showed up and he was a sheriff and you know it was kind of an intervention and they said you know you need to figure out what's going on with you, you know, not just for your family, you know, don't worry about your, your wife at the time or your kids worry about you focus on you for, for, you know, for the time being. And, um, and I did, and I went and checked myself into Topeka and was there for, I think seven or eight days. And they found out that the medicine that I was on was giving me an adverse reaction. And it was just, you know, kind of a, a plethora of, of deal, you know, or of, of issues, um, not being happy in my marriage and, um, drinking, you know, heavily and stuff. So especially Canadian whiskey. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> mine was Bushmills. So okay. yeah, I was drinking about the same amount of Bushmills yeah. every, every day I was off. So it's, it's tough. So, um, got through the, the first stint um, at the mental hospital, I guess. And then, um, one of my old army buddies had told me about, um, oh my goodness, I just drew a blank, the Valor, Valor program mm -hmm. up at North Kansas City Hospital. And, uh, went up there and was trying to get into that program, um, cause he was like a patient liaison or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the VA denied my claim and I was like, hell with it, I'm out. Well, two days before, yeah, I think it was two days before um, I was supposed to get into the Valor program. Um, I called to talk to my kids, and my ex-father-in-law was like, you know, I can't bring the kids up today um, because your wife filed a restraining order against you, and so you can't talk to her or the kids. I'm like, I'm here trying to get help, you know. Like, well, what the hell are we doing? So, you know, that kind of added to everything, um, and it was – it was dark, you know, dark, dark. And then, so I went to go live with my cousin, um, you know, and just, I just wanted to lay around and feel sorry for myself, you know, and that's where I met my current wife is, 
she wouldn't let me just kind of waller in it. You know, it was, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and you have to keep moving. You know, you don't have to move fast. You just have to keep moving, you know. And for me, that's what I needed was somebody to, to push me, you know, just come on. You need, you have to get up. You have to go to work, go to work, come home, then we'll talk, you know. And it just, it built this um, confidence in myself, yeah. you know, of just, I can do this, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's could be worse, you know? And so my ex and I got divorced and then six months later, my wife and I got married and it's been awesome. You know, it's been everything that I was wanting as a man, you know, of just having that, um, you know, that push and the drive and the reason, you know, to, to want to get up and go to work and, and, and to do good things, you know, and that I didn't have that before, you know. Yeah. Here come the hard questions. Now kind of being removed from it, improving, growing from it, looking at it with more of a bird's eye view. After three deployments, what had you not worked on? Me. You know, it wasn't about me. It was about, um, you know, just kind of taking myself for granted, dealing with everybody else, but not in a sense, being rewarded for it. You know what I mean? Like you, you do your job as a husband and as a father and, you know, as a employee and everything else. But then at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot left over, you know, to enjoy, you know, cause it, it, you kind of feel taken for granted, if you will. Um, and that's one thing, you know, me specifically is, is I'll do just about anything until I feel like I'm being taken advantage of and then I'm done, you know, and, and that's, For me, that's what I have to have. And I, I don't know if that's narcissist or whatever, but it's just knowing that. I think it's a boundary. It, it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. just knowing, hey, look, you know, I'll, I'll help you out. But thank you goes a long ways. You know, um, you know, if you just expect me to continually bend over backwards and do everything but not show appreciation, then I'm, I'm done with you. You know, and yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, I never really thought about it as a being a boundary, but that's exactly what it is. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a self worth boundary. Yeah. Really, more people need that boundary. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and I and I totally agree with you. I mean, having a hobby or something for yourself, there's nothing wrong with that, and it goes a long way for being able to de-stress mm -hmm. and really kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say withdraw, but to be able to mute everything else and focus on yourself and do something just for yourself. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, where you cross the line is if you're like, okay, peace out, family. I'm going to be gone for, you know, yeah. every weekend because I'm going hunting or fishing or you know, jeeping or whatever the case may be, right. th you know, then that's an issue. But if it's like, no, I'm going to take these two hours for myself. And then after that, it's family time, whatever, you know, then, yeah, I think, and it, I think more people need to do that. Absolutely. So, and then, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about, point out or whatever, throw my two cents in on, um, the whole, you know, the depression, dark cloud, you know, that you were talking about and stuff. And then, you know, 
people go through that and and I've said it before probably ad nauseum and you're probably tired of hearing it but the brain will sit there and tell you that you're the only one that has ever felt this way mm-hmm. and you're all alone and this and that and the other thing you got to reach out yeah you know which you did which yeah. was great but I, I mean, think for me if I would have had an opportunity um and this is kind of tooting tooting our own horn um to be able to go out and you know have somebody to call on or or... so another thing that we do within our organization and this kind of another rabbit hole but um so we send guys or veterans out on trips whether it's fishing trips or hunting trips or whatever but within that trip you know like we just got back two weeks ago from a hog hunt down in uh, oklahoma and there were seven of us that went and you know we went out to breakfast one morning went out to dinner one night and you know we started this like group chat we're still talking you know two weeks later and that's you know having those people to talk to you know you you connect with you know i connect more with this guy because he has you know 17 kids or you know he he you know has a power wagon or you know what for whatever reason you know people connect for different reasons but um you know and a lot of those guys are you know going off and doing things with their families this weekend or you know coming up so um to me that's what it's that's what it should be about you know is you know we're 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 giving the opportunity to go on a a hunt but yet you know it's not just about you it's you know you're connecting with somebody that you didn't even know it was in this area or you know networking if you will um building community yeah absolutely and And that's that's a huge thing that a lot of veterans that i've talked to is like I don't have anybody to hang out with. I mean, I'm, uh, that's the part that I miss the most. Yeah. Is I'm curious, you know? and you can answer this question because you're old. Whoa. Thanks. <laughs> Go fuck yourself <laughs> right now. We're the same age, by okay. the way. <laughs> um, just our ways of communication have changed from, from 1999 and even 2003, 2004 with your first deployment to now. I mean, then you had a landline phone, email, and cell phones were just kind of starting. Yes. Now you have Zoom, group text, Facebook, yeah. which all can be a downfall if used inappropriately. But there's just so many more ways to network now. Have you noticed, has the camaraderie been able to kind of pick back up? Have you been able to maintain it a little bit better with all the different avenues now compared to how it used to be? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like I said, Facebook is amazing for that. You know, you can you can get on Facebook and then you can dive off on all these little groups or subgroups or whatever. And it's, it's pretty neat, but you know, like we were working on our uh, website, which is, you know, when we did our coyote tournament, it was really hard because we were just starting out. We didn't have all the proper paperwork, even though we recovered. Um, But you know, a lot of the sponsors we reached out to, they're like, Hey, you know, what's your website? We don't have a website right now. That's kind of the, the standard you know, what's your website? And then we'll go from there. Well, we didn't have a website. So it was like, well, we have a Facebook page. Well, anybody can create a Facebook page, but you know, so we, we kind of started prematurely. Had a little cart before the horse action going on. But we, you know, it's, it, again, it's a double-edged sword. You have to have money to be able to proceed with the mission. Mm -hmm. 
so you know we had a lot of people you know well shit yeah this is awesome yeah let's uh, we'll donate some stuff um so we've started tiktok and my wife does all of that kind of stuff the tiktoks the facebook pages um you know stuff like that so that's that's a burden off of me because i don't have to be a hundred places at once you know i can just keep driving forward and and um she helps with all that stuff and she she likes doing tiktoks and stuff so um but that's you know just another um opportunity you know is to to reach people is through some kind of social network so yeah it's it's i mean i wasn't doing this 12 years ago or 15 years ago but you know my first deployment um there was a tornado that hit my my uh, hometown and i stood in line for an hour and a half just to call to make sure my parents were okay you know because we were just getting set up and as a as a force you know so there wasn't you know a computer to get to or anything like that so you know, even from 2003 to now, it's it's come a long ways, you know. I mean, how we even, and that's the thing, it can be beneficial, but sometimes it's, a lot of times anymore, it's almost a negative, depending. I mean, now it's just, hell, we were watching cruise missiles go by in Ukraine on TikTok. Yeah. It's just, it's there. It's yeah. instant. It's, yeah, you know, just if you told <laughs> Somebody, yeah, you got to wait an hour and a half to check on this. They'd lose their mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, it's it's there. It's I think it's kind of up to you of which which rabbit hole you go down, whether you, you know, you want to use it for, for good or, you know, you want to jump on the extreme left or extreme right, you know. Um, most of us try to stay, you know, somewhat middle of the road, but, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, you fall into the... Um, what are the, the algorithms, you know, where they pick you up and, oh, you watch this video. Now you need to, you know, see a hundred more videos like this. And it, it turns it, a 10 minute poop into a half hour. Poop. I'm telling you. And <laughs> yeah, it, and, it's bad. And you come out and you just, your legs are numb. And you're like, where the hell did my time go? <laughs> Thanks, Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Said the U word. This video is getting taken down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's it is interesting in that in that aspect, and to hear you say it, it's something I never thought about. You know, it's it's crazy. Like in the firehouse, you hear the old guys talk about how you know, like you we would use the circuit line to talk to wives or stuff like that. Now we can just yeah, it's in the palm of your hand. It's a completely yeah. different way of doing things. Well, we've never been more connected, but less less social than yeah. you know. That's no kidding. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's, you're starting to see problems yeah, oh yeah. because of it. Oh I yeah. mean, and I'm sure you see it, especially with the younger people, you know, that come out to your events and stuff. I mean, how hard is it for them to hold a conversation? It's very tough. Yeah. So, I mean, and I see that even, you know, at the firehouse, like you said, you know, working with brand new people that just come on, it's, you got to say something that's going to hold their attention for yeah. more than five seconds. Otherwise they'll just walk away playing on their phone. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah. I couldn't imagine that aspect of it. I didn't even think about that, you know, but, um, kind of thinking about the military side of it, like that would be, that would be really tough, yeah. you know? Cause I know when, when I, when I went, joined the military, um, you know, we get letters and, and 10 minutes a, a week, 
um, like on Sundays um, to call home and stuff. But, you know, now in basic training, they have their phones. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, that that still doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, that resonates, you know, when you say that is, yeah. wow, you, you, you wonder why we have ADD and ADHD and, and all that. But I mean, you can, you can have whatever you want right now, you know, yeah. in, in your phone. So, or next day with Amazon prime delivery. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and think about it. If you, if you want to go down that rabbit hole for a second, so think about it. So the first, like, video platform we could say it was youtube right mm-hmm. so think about the videos that would post they would be five minutes ten minutes whatever and then it starts to get cut down and cut down and cut down until finally you have tiktok which what's the average video length on tiktok a minute if, um, if that yeah 30 seconds and then you're on to the next one mm-hmm. so that's all they're trying to hold people's attention yep. for and it could be something completely different. Yeah. I remember when I would take like marketing classes for like social media marketing back in college. Hell, this was even 10 years ago. Like character count, you know, make sure you use emojis and pictures and just like, here's how to appeal to an ADHD six-year-old. Yet they are adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that it was just something that kind of popped into my head about, you know, having the younger, younger veterans out there and yeah. them trying to. Have a conversation with a Vietnam guy, yeah, with somebody who's twenty years old. I mean, right. it, that can what get is that? I mean, what is that like? Honestly, because you not guys a Vietnam are Vietnam vet. Well, no, but I mean, like watching them because it's it's the same thing. Like you were it's, doing the same job, but they're two different people. It's different, you know. Um, I got a Charlie horse. Sorry, no, you're fine. Showing my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shut up, James. <laughs> Um, no, it, it's, it's tough, you know, because I, I think the younger generation is starting to appreciate the Vietnam era veterans as they didn't really before. Um, you know, when, when the Vietnam vets came home, they weren't welcomed home, you know, so that's something that we've, we try and in, in our platforms is anytime we talk about Vietnam, it's welcome home, you know, or if we see a vet outside, you know, I'll, not as much as I should, but um, if they're wearing a Vietnam era hat, it's, hey, thanks for your service, welcome home, you know, and that means the world to them, you know, because when they came home, they were spit on and, and everything else. Well, now you have entitlement, you know, um, that sucks, you know, because the younger generation seems like they're entitled to to everything, you know, whether it's a discount because they're a veteran or, you know, um, you know, you owe me because I went to war for you. No, it's not like that, you know, so it's, it's tough, you know, um, you know, the older generation, they get off my lawn, you know, and and (laughs) leave me alone and and don't talk to me. And that's how I deal with things, you know, where the younger generation seems to be more in your face and, you know, tell you about it you know, where the older generation didn't talk about that kind of thing. So, you know, back then they called it shell shock, but now we call it PTSD, you know. So it it is kind of, I don't want to say neat, but to see, you know, um, you know the, the younger generation of, of veterans obviously look up to older veterans, you know, but I don't think we do enough for Vietnam Vietnam era and prior. Um, I'll have to send you guys my 
my story that I wrote kind of when I was going through my dark ages, but my first couple times going to the VA in Kansas City um, really resonated with me because, you know, you're, you're going there to get help, but then you're walking down these hallways and there's, you know, guys wearing World War II hat, a veteran hat, and they're sitting in their own excrement, you know, and it's like, I don't, I don't need help, you know, help these guys, you know, they don't have anybody, they don't have any family, they don't have anything, they're just pushed in a hallway, left to die, you know, and and that sucks, but, you know, what do you do, you know, do you go up and grab a nurse and, you know, fight that fight by yourself, I mean, it it just kind of sucks, you know, so now, you know, when you go in there, it's just pull your hat down, you go do your stuff, and you get out, you know, but it's, you struggle with that, you know, like, that's not what I want to do, that's not how I want to be seen. I want to, you know, I want to have my voice heard, get this guy some help, you know? So, um, I think as we evolve, um, you know, through, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, like we said with, you know, information and stuff that's out there, but yet, you know, you can, you can use it for the good, you know, you can, okay, well, how can I help these guys? You know, well, tell them, welcome home, start there, you know? Um, and then, you know, maybe they'll appreciate that, you know, and kind of open up a little bit, but most Vietnam era veterans and prior, like they don't talk about, you know, like they pretty much have to tell you that they were military or you can kind of pick up by their demeanor, um, to even know that they were a, a veteran. So it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's real tough. Yeah. I, I never even thought about that. Like... I just never even took that into account. Yeah, just seeing like seeing the older veterans like that, because yeah, it sucks, man. Like it sucks really bad to go up there. I hate going to the VA because of that, you know. Um, and I mean, you guys watch the news and stuff. It's more about, you know, it's it's racist this or racist that, but it's not. Like if you guys would stop cat catawalling and and fighting and arguing with each other and realize what you're doing there like help these guys out you know i mean i i think everybody should just walk the halls of the va one just one time i mean it's it's it just grabs you in the you know deep down it it sucks you know yeah. it absolutely sucks well i think there's a a serious misalignment of priorities yeah in this country absolutely and i was just having a conversation about politics and how they are allowed to creep into way too many aspects of our lives. And that's one of them that there should be no politics. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally these people serve their country and this is the thanks that they get. Right. I mean, come on, we can all agree that that's, that's shit. It's yeah. like a shitty episode of pawn shop. Like what do you got? <laughs> uh, I got yeah. eight years of uh, good service and a missing leg. Best I can do is lay in your shit in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it, it's it's sickening. It's truly sickening, you know. Um, I went up to get blood drawn, and, and I'm I'm trying to stay away from politics because that's one thing that I, you know, when we whenever we do an event, that's the, there, I always say that there's two things that we aren't going to talk about, and that's politics and religion, you know, because people have died for both, you know. Um, but. I went to go get blood drawn for something. I don't, I don't even remember what it was for, but, um, went into the lab and there's 
you know, I was the only one in there. And the lab tech's on the phone planning a birthday party on a government line, you know. And it's like, I sat there for 35 minutes. It's like, didn't take, I took a number, just waiting on my number to get called. She hangs up the phone, planning it with her mom or somebody, you know, and gets off. She's like, okay, number 43. Are you kidding me? You know, I, I sat here for 30 minutes. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything important. I was getting blood drawn, but if that's being, it's, if that's happening to me, that's happening to everybody. You know, it was really interesting being a paramedic working on the ambulance for our fire department throughout this whole pandemic. And I'm sure that we could have a whole nother episode on the VA during the pandemic, but, um, the, a lot of the hospitals have gone what they call high volume just due to nursing shortages, bed shortages, and you name it. Um, and the VA is the one hospital in the city that's not bound by any rules. They can just straight up close. Like you can show up as an ambulance to the door and they're like, Nope. Bye. Really? Somewhere else. Yep. Um, they're, they're bound by federal mandates, not state mandates or local mandates. And so it was heartbreaking because a lot of times we'd run these patients and they're like, you know, well, I go to the VA and I'm like, Hey, they're closed. And that just a look of distraught on their face. They're like, that's the only place I go. Not going there night. Yeah. What else do I do? You know, like just. Yeah. Dependent on such a shit service. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that brings up another mm. point. You know, we've we've had guys that, hey, look, I wanna I wanna go get help, but I'm not going to the VA. You know, and and I'm kind of that way too. You know, I, I would rather pull my toenails out than go to the VA for help. But you know, it's there, and and some guys don't have the the second chance, you know, for different, um, health insurance, that's the only thing that they can do to get help, you know, and it, it, it sucks, you know, because we're expecting the same people that run the DMV to take care well, of mental health. Now, now hold on before we go, go too far down the rabbit hole of shitting on the VA. Let's remember that the VA is made up of people and that run the DMV. Right. But I would say that there are a lot of them there who care. There, there right? are. And they want to do their job. And they are, especially, I know, because I know some of the social workers and stuff that work there, they give a shit. Yeah. But they're so overwhelmed. Like, I mean, it's not just they got to deal with Jay and James and Jeremy today. It's Jay, James, Jeremy, John, go down the list. Well, and the most important part you said there is they're human. Yeah. So how long can you expect them to be overwhelmed and still give a shit? Yeah, it's no different, really, than how many calls can you expect a paramedic to run in a 24-hour period before? Eh, they're not nice. They're not nice anymore, yeah. you know? So, I mean, yeah, let's, you know. Well, and I say all that, too. I mean, I, I've had good experiences at the VA. Um, it's not all bad. You know, I, I drove an hour and 20 minutes because I like my primary care doctor. Um, just because he he would tell you, like, Look, you're fat. You need to lose weight. You know, and and that sucks coming from a doctor, can, but Can you send James that number, please? <laughs> but I mean, that's what I needed to hear, you know, like um, you know, hey, you know, you need to lose 10 pounds. Lose 10 pounds and then we'll talk, you know, and and it it again, it sucks, but, you know, um a civilian doctor's not going to tell you that. They're just going to tell you you know hey yeah come on back in in a week or two and and um 
You know, I can just yeah. imagine, like, what were you before your doctor? Drill sergeant. That <laughs> fucking makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Like, what would you do if, he, like, your doctor walked in in a drill sergeant hat, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Start doing push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose it today. Yes, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I th- I think you have to be an officer to be a doctor in the military. I think you're, yeah, you're right. So you have to be an officer to be a nurse, or is that an enlisted position? No, I think it's an enlisted position. Okay. Yeah, but I do I do. You should make a meme of that. Maybe send it to angry cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you familiar with angry cops on YouTube? No. Uh, he's a cop, but he was also um, in the military. He was a drill instructor for a little while, and he does a lot of cool, like, videos. He's very sarcastic and just what you would expect a drill instructor. He has an awesome knife hand. That's so, awesome. I'll have to look yeah, it up. Look it up. Uh, you will laugh your ass off. But <laughs> I had a buddy in high school. He's a year older than me, and he uh, just just good kid. You know, we'd all drink on the bridge on a Saturday night. Just normal rural high school kid went in the marine corps was great for him uh became a drill sergeant and then i hung out with him again and i was just like who the fuck are you yeah and it like literally he's like listen i'm like no put it down <laughs> put it down now <laughs> but he's great dude like give you the shirt off his back but it's just you can tell he was a marine drill sergeant <laughs> yeah apparently that just doesn't leave you uh, you have heard the saying, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah, but then, like, once a drill sergeant, it's just... Yeah, yeah. I think that's a whole nother level <laughs> up. This, one of my grandfathers was a Marine, and you could tell. Like, he thought he had a freaking two-by-four up against his back everywhere he went. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever saw him slope his shoulders or anything. It's, it's really funny watching, like, a group of guys. Because it's not like CrossFit, right? CrossFit, you know... Somebody else does CrossFit in the first don't. 30 seconds. Yeah, don't. But, like, Marines <laughs> aren't the same way. And I've seen, like, groups of friends, and they'll just, like, gravitate towards each other. And, like, an hour later, they're like, oh, you're a Marine, me too. And I'm like, is it in the air or the water? Like, how'd you get? Like, they just gravitate towards yeah. each other without even knowing. It's funny to watch. Oh, they know. They're just playing it cool. Right. <laughs> you can tell them a thousand yards away, man. <laughs> So, so what do you guys have coming up with uh, Veterans Outdoor Foundation? So we're currently working on a bow fishing tournament or trip. Excuse me, uh, down in Branson. Um, I think that's May fourteenth, and then May twenty second we have a three D archery tournament. Um, we're doing uh, belt buckles for awards with that. Um, that's going to be out in Topeka. Um, and then we have the trap shoot coming up. Um, we're just trying to trying to grow, you know, and build those relationships. Um, what do you guys need for those that are listening that want to help out? What do you need? You name it. Um, so what our main main focus is trying to um, secure leases, you know. Um, and what I would like to do is get, you know, a five-year lease, you know, or a long-term lease so that we can – you know, we can start putting in food plots or, you know, we can have a little section of it that's a garden, you know, and, and, you know, if you want to go out and garden or you just want to go 
walk a trail on this lease, go walk a trail on the lease, or you want to, you know, it, 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 I don't want to have just a lease just for, we're only going to do turkey hunting here, or we're only going to do deer hunting during the rifle season. You know, um, we, we've been trying to find a couple places kind of sucks because we're, we're young, you know, we're in the infancy stage of, of, of our organization where we want to be nationwide, you know, but you know, you, you get contacted from North Carolina. It's like, well, shit, I got to work tomorrow. You know, I can't just come out there, you know? Um, but I think for right now, I mean, that's the biggest thing that it's kind of plaguing us is, is leases and just opportunities. You know, if, if we have a place, um, that, you know, is a paintball field and they want to do a, you know, they want to, um, donate a day to, to have everybody out, you know, just something, um, you know, anything outdoors, whether it's barbecue, you know, have a barbecue tournament or just, you know, um, a big field where everybody can kind of get together and just light a bonfire and tell stories and, you know, whatever. Um, it, it just, anything that we can do to get these guys out, you know, and everybody has their own ticks of what they like to do or what they would like to do or something that they would like to try. So, that's why I say, you know, paintball or disc golf's huge now. Um, we've talked about doing a golf tournament, but, you know, that's very expensive. You know, yeah. that's that's a different um, tax bracket, if you will, for us, you know. Um, we just don't have that kind of money, you know. But, you know, to get it to corporate sponsors and stuff like that, that's kind of what you need to do. But, um, you know, I, I, I would just ask for anybody that wants to help out um, whether it's volunteer or, you know, just wants to see more of what we're about or trying to get involved, um, you know, find us on Facebook. Our website should be up here soon. Um, TikTok, phone, you know, any way you can reach out, reach out, you know. Um, the other thing is, you know, if you know somebody that's, that's, that needs something, let us know, you know, the, 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 you're going to steal Jeremy's line from the end of the show here real quickly. It's okay. He can do it. You can't. He can do it. I like his beard much more than your mustache. And that's the other question I had. When is your beard products coming out? Like, um, are you going to do a line of that? No, I wish. <laughs> no, I use Smoky Mountain beard products. Um, so, hey, sponsor the guy, okay? Right. <laughs> Um, or do some editing to add some glistening to it on the camera. <laughs> Just a, <laughs> one of them. Yeah, I like the I lighting. like it. <laughs> no, I, I mean if if you know somebody that that needs help or needs you know, um, so last weekend we went to Lancaster, Kansas, uh, by Atchison. Um, we had a guy reach out to us. Guy's pretty big, you know, six four. Um, Could have been a football player, but. Um, his floors had really bad uh, water damage, and they were caving in. And um, I reached out to a contractor here in Kansas City, and um, more, uh, an old, not an army buddy, but he was in the in the army. Um, and I said, "Hey, look, this is what we want to do. We want to help this guy out. You know, the floors are caving in. Um, he's got one of his kids that lives with him that's a football player too, and uh, you know, we don't want them to fall through the floor." So he talked with the owner of the company and she was like, absolutely, you know, get me a list of what we need to do and, uh, we'll make it happen, you know, and we tried doing it in February. 
Um, but it was planned for Monday through Friday and, you know, it, it's just hard to do anything during the week. So we pushed it back to last weekend or this past weekend and, uh, we did it on Saturday and Sunday and we were able to get it done, but they donated every bit of the material, the flooring, the, I mean, everything took it up there and dropped it off, you know, and then we had, um, group guys that were in the, in the organization, you know, veterans that do flooring. So, you know, they were willing to help out to give back. And so, you know, in two days time, I think we figured it up 240 man hours, um, between Saturday and Sunday, there was four on Saturday and three on Sunday. And then one of the guys, uh, brought his son, which was, he was a huge help. You know, he'd run and get stuff and everywhere he was going, he was running. So it was, you know, it's kind of like Forrest Gump, like, Hey, come on, you know, go get us a screwdriver. Boom. He's right there. Like, Holy cow. That was almost instantaneously. Um, but you know, the look on the guy's face, you know, he was just, he was almost in tears, you know, cause he was worried about his kids going through the floor or him falling through the floor or whatever, you know, and, um, we were able to take one room that was the worst, um, and, you know, tear it completely down and build it back up. And I mean, it'll be there for years to come, you know, but without, you know, sponsors helping out you know we couldn't have been able to do that you know we could have promised it but you know i mean we don't have the ability to just write a check to go get flooring and materials stuff you know but what we can do is post it up on the on our facebook page hey this is what we're going to do do we have any volunteers yeah i'm not doing anything that day i'll come out you know so it, it it's good to have you know that platform um where it gives people the opportunity to come out and help if they want, you know, cause like I said in the beginning is everybody wants to help. They just don't know how to help or where to help or, or what's more beneficial for everybody. So, um, and I've talked to him a couple of times and he just, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. You know? Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, James, closing thoughts. Well, this is one of those episodes again where I'm just kind of fucking speechless. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just a lot of points. Like being my generation, like you know, going back to, you look at nine eleven. I was I was eleven years old, so a lot of the stuff that like you guys were experiencing as adults, I had kid goggles on, and I got to see what more it was like. You know, you hit two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where I'm starting to grow up, mature use more technology now now i'm starting to get a picture of it so it's nice to actually just get a pre me picture of just the thought processes of what was going on and just learn from it thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you for having me on this is this is awesome we really appreciate it thank you for sharing your story oh yeah it was it was good man i appreciate so, it um you want to do some closing thoughts I, like I said, I mean, if, if, if anybody needs help, um, that's a veteran that, um, either wants to, to help volunteer or just needs help themselves. You know, um, we've had guys that, you know, didn't know where else to turn. The VA wasn't helping them. And again, I'm not bashing the VA by any means. Um, but they just didn't know who to, who to ask help from. Um, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're there for. You know, um, we've, you know, sent, um, clothes, you know, just to help guys out or whatever, you know, it's anything we can do to help, uh, 
keep people out of that pit of despair, you know, of, you know, it, it's a snowball effect where you just, one thing gets you down and then everything just starts piling on top of that. If we can help alleviate a little bit of that, that's what we're trying to do. Cool. Well, I think, you know, you guys have got a great start and I look forward to kind of watching and seeing where you guys go. Appreciate so that. I'm definitely interested in what you're doing. So, cause that's one of the things of, you know, like we were talking about before of something first responders, even, you know, a lot of us, we go out and hunt or we do this or do that. And it's a lot about being active and outdoors. And I know that the veterans that I know it's the same way, yeah. you know, they need something to get them out. Like, Bart. I was going to say, don't you yeah. want hike, hiking yeah. the Appalachian Trail yeah. right now? My buddy Bart, he's hiking the Appalachian Trail right now. He spent like 18 years in SF or whatever. And yeah, but it was another thing of he didn't know what he was doing with his life, bunch of mental issues and all of that stuff. And yeah, he just, I'm going to go hike. Yeah. And, but it's being outdoors and having a purpose and having a goal. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So anyway, I've well, rambled. One more thing too, like our events are open to anybody. Anybody can come to them. Um, like the coyote tournament, the archery tournament, the ski tournaments. Um, those are all open to everybody. And like the archery tournament, we do, um, we will have a an active, actively serving class. So it's, you know, actively serving military, first responder, you know, all you got to do is show up and show an ID and that puts you in that class. Um, but then we also have a veteran class too. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to paint that picture that it's, you know, everything we do is only for veterans. You know, I mean, we can't, can't raise any money that way, you know, so it's, it's open to everybody and it's, it's about getting the word out too. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Get, get on top of the mountain, start shouting. Yep. <laughs> For sure. I mean, definitely. Like I said, I, I think it's a good program. So, yeah, anything that we can do, you know, share stuff on our Facebook if get him to do it. And <laughs> You know how you were earlier, you were saying it's nice to be appreciated and be yeah. told thank you? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to be told thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, I agree. It is nice to be told thank you. <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thank you, Jay, for stopping by, sharing with us, talking about your struggles and your program and how you're doing and what you got going on going forward. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And like you said, if you're struggling, reach out. There are resources out there. Here's one sitting right in front of you. Um, if you know somebody that's struggling, reach out to them. Let them know you care. Let them know there are resources out there for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks.